0: This week we are reposting another classic episode, this time it is with comic book artist Fiona Staples. Fiona co-created the award-winning and fan-favorite series Saga with writer Brian K. Vaughn. In our conversation with her, she discusses her training at the Alberta College of Art and Design, her early days breaking into comics on books like Amphibious Nightmare, and meeting and collaborating with Vaughn to create Saga. Since we recorded this episode, which was years ago, Staples has won multiple awards herself, including Eisner's and Harvey's. So please jump in the Wayback Machine with us and enjoy this classic sidebar episode with the terrifically talented Fiona Staples.
1: The Interview uh, Yeah,
2: I graduated from Acan in 2006. Okay. Um, I majored in like illustration and character design there, which was um, part of their visual communications and graphic designs program. Mm-hmm. That was a really useful program for me. They do a really good job of um, gearing the courses towards the type of work that you want to do when you leave school and preparing you for the industry and um, teaching you the types of academic and technical skills that you might not necessarily learn in a more fine arts-focused college.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think I've ever heard of a character design uh, program in an art school. Have
1: you, Adrian? That seems like something that's latter day as far as, you know, just, mm-hmm. um, I want to say maybe at the turn of the millennium, once that started becoming more of a thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Did, did you feel like, and I guess
0: maybe you just answered the question, but do you feel like your training at uh, and your education at, at uh, ACAD kind of prepared you for your career in art? Uh,
2: it definitely did, Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not for everybody. Some of the best artists that I know are completely self-taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, when I was young, like 20 years old and just trying to start out, I didn't really have enough self-direction <laughs> to okay. just create a career path for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I started art college. I I was kind of into comics, and I had it in, in the back of my mind that I wanted to try being a comic artist. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had no idea how to go about it, and my, my drawing skills weren't really up to par so college was was really good for me to
1: whip me into shape and <laughs> prepare me for, for the industry. Okay, cool. Now, with you mentioning comics, Fiona, uh, what, what were some of your earliest comics? I, I know that I've read in several places that you are a, quote-unquote, late bloomer when it came to comics. But what were yeah. some of the first ones or things or, um, you know, issues that kind of stuck with you or series? Uh, well,
2: when I was a kid, um, the only comic books that I read were, like, Archie and Tintin. Oh,
1: okay.
2: (laughs) And, you know, the comics that were given to me. (laughs) And nonetheless, those kind of stuck with me. I'm still a pretty big Archie fan, and I've been doing some work for them in recent years, which has has been a lot of fun. So, yeah, no matter what you're first introduced to, I think it sticks with you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, And then when I started really getting into comics, it wasn't until I was in high school when I actually started going to the comic shop and buying them for myself. And it was because the girl in my math class had introduced me to a bunch of Top Cow comics like Rising Stars.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah James Javinsky series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I went to the comic shop in the local mall and asked them for more books like Rising Stars.
3: Okay.
2: And uh, the guy there was pretty helpful. He just sort of led me to the Top Cow section and I got really into, <laughs> really into <laughs> their line of books. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, and I read stuff like a few Marvel books, some X Men and Iron Man. because um, 'cause I'd watched the X Men cartoon as yes. a kid.
3: Yeah.
2: I think yeah. <laughs> that cartoon has done a lot, probably more than any comic book, uh, to get, you know, my generation of girls into comic books, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah I totally agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. When you went to uh to A Cat, Fiona, now did they have did they push uh art education? And were there artists outside of comics that, you know, that influenced you and that you found out in school and you were like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know, realize about this this area or that uh, Renaissance period or whatever?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. When I was in college, in your, your first year, your foundation year, you basically have to try a little bit of everything. You know, it's required that you take a sculpture class, you know, drawing and painting, printmaking. They want you to just try every medium out there mm-hmm. before you really think about what you want to major in. So I had a little taste of various different media and took art history courses and, you know, various English and humanities courses as well,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and it, you know, it kind of opened my eyes, because up until that point, I was just having fun doing, like, anime fan art (laughs) and like, little (laughs) comic stuff, but uh, it sort of made me want to become a a more well-rounded artist and to see what else was out there. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think it made my comics better than they would have been otherwise, having outside influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, some of my favorite artists today also graduated from ACAD. Uh, Sam Weber is one of them. Oh, yes. And Julian uh, Pamacki.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they were a couple of years ahead of me in school, and both of them were really inspirational. Just uh, Their work really blows me away where they've taken it.
0: Well, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. I'm a fan of both of them, and I'm also a fan of uh, Sam's podcast. Have you heard it? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good material there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, as a matter of fact, I was just listening to one with uh, uh, Victor Nye. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an older mm-hmm. one, an older one. But anyway, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And I, if we had Sam on the show as a past guest uh, a couple of years ago, and finally, oh, got I had
2: a, no idea.
0: Yeah, 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 and, and finally got a chance to meet him in person uh, at Spectrum Live in Kansas City uh, last year. Uh, oh, cool. Which was which was a real treat. So yeah, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you wholeheartedly on uh, he and uh, and Jillian's work. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I was um, reading uh, Fiona that um, in art college you actually started working at a comic book shop uh, just to make a little extra money, and you know that that's very similar to kind of how you know I came about my quote unquote art education myself. You know your first year when you're at art college you know you haunt the library because everything is new to you you're seeing new things new artists you didn't uh-huh. know and you know you learn that way and then also you learn from the comic book side i also worked in the comic book store and i found mm-hmm. i got a lot of my education through there as well as far as like different influences you know in comics um did, did you have any artists like during that period you know that you kind of came across and was like "Ooh, i didn't know about so and so Ooh, who's that <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I started working at a local comic shop. Um, it was the same one that introduced me to comics, actually. Mm-hmm. I applied for a job there annually <laughs> until they hired <laughs> me when I was halfway through college. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I worked there part-time while I was in school, and it was a lot of fun. Really good staff there, really great file customers, good regulars. And yeah, it sort of Um, it opened my eyes to... The world of comics and just the scope of the medium.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I got more into, I guess, comics that were more more painterly or mm, mixed right. media or you know done in sort of unconventional ways. Got super into Ashley Wood. Okay, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. As a college student working in a comic store, <laughs> 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 wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I started reading a bunch of back issues of heavy metal. Mm. And some other sort of European comics and temples to stuff. Uh, there's a lot of horror books that I got into around that time, especially like the old EC comics. Oh, yeah, wow. Weird science and, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know crime suspense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stories. Uh, and also the old Warren magazines like Vampirella oh, yeah. and yeah. Creepy and Eerie and stuff. Oh,
0: yeah. See, I was actually... Good. That's one of the reasons why I asked about your uh, art education outside of comics because your approach to doing cover art, you do a lot of covers in addition to the work you do for Saga, and a lot of that stuff has much more of an illustrator's feel to it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I thought maybe, you know, there might be some... some maybe some golden age illustrators and whatnot. Maybe that was your education there. Yeah. The, uh, oh, for
3: sure.
0: You know, the EC um, artists and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of classic illustrators that I got really into in college and afterwards... Uh like uh Bernie Fuchs mm-hmm. who worked through the like fifties and sixties. Um Drew Struzan, the famous movie poster artist. Right. Uh has always been like a huge influence. Yeah. Um NC Wyeth.
3: yeah,
2: uh, and Howard Pyle, the guys who did the like the old adventure right. illustrations for yeah, books yeah. like Treasure Island and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are all huge influences. And yeah. that I guess it has sort of influenced the way I treat covers. They're usually not just a snapshot of the action inside mm-hmm. the book. I think I tend to treat them more like portraits a lot of the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Also, because I've always colored my own work, it gives me the opportunity to do more painted styles
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, rather than having to just do the line work and then be done with it.
1: Right, right. That makes sense. All right, well, you bring up an interesting point, Fiona. Um, at, at, at what point did you kind of make that the decision to try out this comics thing? And it seemed from the outset you had always been kind of multifaceted. You know, you came in doing different duties, but, you know, it's always coalesced to you doing everything, colors, pencils, and inks. Um, mm-hmm. What was kind of like your first job, and how did you make that decision to go ahead, full hog, and give comics a try?
2: Um, I sort of messed around just doing short comics when I was in high school. I never managed to finish every, anything. I would do, you know, I'd have an idea for a story and do like, or four pages and then abandon it. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. didn't have the talent or the attention span to really see it through. Mm -hmm. Um, The first comic that I actually finished was actually um, thanks to the 24-hour comic challenge in 2005, (laughs) Um, which was super fun. That was while I was working at the comic store, so our store organized it, um, and about 40 people got together in the food court at the mall, <laughs> and for, for 24 hours, doing our coloring books <laughs> for the challenge, <laughs> and I guess that was the incentive that I needed to just finish a 24-page story. Mm-hmm. And it was immensely satisfying just to be able to say that quality aside, I finished this thing. It has a beginning, and a middle, and an end. <laughs> right. um, um So yeah, that was a big confidence booster, and. I think that was when I realized the value of speed as like a comic artist, Mm -hmm. how it's being fast is as important as being good (laughs) if you want to actually complete anything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, That was also my first published work because it got put into Nat Gartley's 24-hour comics anthology. Mm -hmm. Well, after that, I just started doing other indie comics and self-published stuff like collaborations with other local artists.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to ask uh, I had understood you, and you did a, uh, a story for uh, Marcosia called Done to Death.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now how did you get that gig? Because they're a British publisher, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. They're based in the UK. Um, let's see. This uh, this guy I worked with at the comic shop, Gerald Garcia, mm-hmm. uh, he had started like an online forum for local creators to
3: mm-hmm.
2: get together and talk about comics and maybe find collaborators, or post your art to get feedback. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was posting on those message boards, and a writer from Edmonton, which is like three hours away from Calgary, uh, named Andrew Foley saw my work, and he messaged me telling me that he'd been writing comics for a while, he's had a graphic novel published, and he wanted to know if I was interested in collaborating on something with him. Um, And he sent me, I think, three or four different short little pitches and told me to pick one if I was interested. And one of his pitches was uh, a black comedy, a uh, satire of the vampire genre about, you know, a serial killer and um, a dorky, chubby teen vampire. <laughs> 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 so I chose that one. <laughs> and in my last year of college, I started drawing Done to Death. Which
0: was a five issue miniseries that ended up being picked up by Markoja. Okay. And our our reading tells us, I guess, that uh in terms of your introduction uh ultimately to Brian, your collaborator on uh, on Saga, um mm-hmm. that uh Steve Niles uh introduced you guys. And I don't know how you know Steve, but we we know Steve as well in, in passing. Um Oh
2: yeah.
0: But um mm-hmm. now now tell us a little bit about how that happened and how you all ultimately linked up uh pre Saga. And then you know, uh, you know how we roll into the world of, of uh, Elena and, and, and Marco.
2: <laughs> oh sure. Uh, well, I actually worked with Steve Niles on the last series that I did before Saga, which was an IDW book called Mystery Society. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a five issue mini as well, because all I had done up until this point was mini series <laughs> and fill okay. in issues. Okay. Um, yeah, Steve and I did Mystery Society together, and he was just such a nice guy, and you know, such a blast to work with that. Yeah, you know, we became friends, and when Brian called him asking if he knew any artists, Steve was nice enough to recommend me.
0: Okay, and uh, now did you and Brian, uh, did you all meet via online or telephone calls, or how did it, how did that happen?
2: Uh, well, Brian initiated it just by emailing me oh. like completely out of the blue, oh. and we'd never spoken before. Like, I had no reason to think he knew I existed. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that was a nice surprise, just having an email in my inbox one day from Brian K. Vaughn. Like, hi, I'm Brian K. Vaughn. Do you want to work on our sci-fi fantasy epic with me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I guess, why not? <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Now, did he have, uh, was Saga fully formed when he brought it to you in terms of the story? Um, was it just an idea, a kernel, and, and you were able to add something to it, or...?
2: Um, I could tell he had a very strong idea of what he wanted the series to be mm-hmm. plot-wise, and um, he sort of had the narrative nailed down, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know exactly how much he writes ahead of time and how much he's doing month-by-month, month. Mm. but, yeah, he had a very clear idea of uh, who these characters were and, you know, what the rough outline was going to be. Okay. But uh, in terms of the visual elements and the character designs, he left almost all about it to me. Right which was a lot of responsibility, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of fun
0: and a huge privilege to be able to do. Yeah. Well, well, two questions then. Uh, one, were you like a science fiction fan in terms of, uh, you know, comics or just the art that you like to create? And then two, did you get a chance to really spend time doing, like, like real character designs and turnarounds and things of that, or did you have to do some of it on the fly while you were working on the book?
2: Well, first of all, I'm somewhat into sci-fi, I mean, I'm into the same sci-fi that everyone else is into. Right. (laughs) Which is like, you know, Star Wars and the Aliens movies and Blade Runner and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. 2001. And yeah, for the character designs, initially, before we began the first issue, uh, we did go back and forth a lot just to nail down the designs of the main cast Mm -hmm. and um, the look of some of the worlds that we were going to be visiting. Mm -hmm. But once the ball started rolling and we were churning out monthly issues, there was really no more time for preliminary work and but then we just trusted each other enough that i would
0: just design a lot of the stuff on the page yeah yeah we we, we've heard that before like once once you get into the throws or the trenches it's like okay uh (laughs) this character might be like five heads tall on this page and six heads tall on that page and it just you know uh, there may be a few consistency issues but you know you're just kind of making it up as you go and uh But it seems you've done a good job, and uh, the world definitely seems cohesive, at least from what I've read of the Uh, first art.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I do try to remain consistent once I get a design down on paper. Mm -hmm. I try not to mess with it too much. So at first, it made me a little bit nervous because I was like, the thing that I draw now is what I'm going to be drawing for maybe the next 10 years of my life. Mm -hmm. What if I hate it, like, three months from now?
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. But, you know, you just have to let that go.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Con- considering that you you draw, you color, and you do part of the lettering for Saga, and I'm just curious, just from a practical standpoint, how many how many hours and, and how many days a week do you put into you know making the book look as good as it does?
2: I think it works out to it's about equal to a regular nine to five job. No, oh, okay. Think. You know, I'm not perfect yet at keeping regular hours, so some days are less and some days are more.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think it about works out to that.
0: Okay. And is this five days a week, six days a week, or?
2: Yeah, five or six days a week.
0: Okay. okay.
2: Well, realistically, I'm doing something every day of the week. But some <laughs> days are lighter and some are heavier, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you.
2: Yeah.
1: I get you. Now, now, do you break down the the, the work by task? Like, you a lot, you know, like, say, two weeks to, you know, because um, I know you draw digitally to, like, yeah. maybe do all the artwork, you know, the line art and, you know, that type of thing, do you a lot, maybe another week for just the coloring and then the lettering, or do you kind of do it all at once, page by page?
2: Mm, I've kind of worked out how much I can do of one thing before getting bored and wanting to do something else.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: So, okay.
2: <laughs> well, first what I do is I thumbnail half the issue,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I send that in to Brian and Eric so they can look over the layouts and you know give me any notes back at that stage because mm-hmm. uh, they very rarely have notes on the final artwork. I don't know if he's ever asked me to change something once I've done the final pages in. Um, And I barely get any notes back on the thumbnails, even. But, you know, still nice to
3: do.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I So, Yeah, after I I get my layouts approved, I sort of use those as pencils. Mm -hmm. I just blow them up um, in Manga Studio. Mm -hmm. And then I ink directly over those. Mm -hmm. And I'll ink two to four pages in a batch and then I'll color those pages. Mm-hmm. And then I'll I'll send the finished pages in for Brian and Eric to look at, like, four to six pages at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to wait until the whole issue is done before I send it in, because, uh, you know, what if I got something wrong and I've got it wrong on every single page? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'd rather, like, catch those mistakes, <laughs> yeah. you know, not too long after they happen. So, yeah, I just send the issue in bit by bit like that. And uh, I'll ink a few pages and then color a few pages that hmm. way until the
1: book is done okay now now, when did you make the switch from um, doing traditional pen and ink to uh, being completely digital, and does it make the process um faster for you since you also do your colors digitally as well?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah um I switched over to completely digital art pretty early in my career actually okay. um, it was in two thousand seven. And uh, the last book that I had done was uh, one issue of Trick or Treat for Wildstorm, which was a horror movie adaptation. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a, just a one issue, little horror story. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started getting more work from Wildstorm. Um, My editor, Scott Peterson, Mm -hmm. hired me to do um, like an authority spinoff. Yeah. It was like an origin story of Jack Coxmore.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Um, but I was the third artist that they had hired for this book after the first two had sort of disappeared or something. <laughs> 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 so the book was already behind schedule when they brought me on, and I didn't have very much time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had three or four weeks to do each full-color issue, which was not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'd never had to do a book on that kind of schedule before. Mm-hmm. I was actually staying with my friend Fraser Irving in England at the time, when I was, you know, the time that I was starting this book. And he convinced me to try using his Cintiq, which was like, listeners have never seen a Cintiq. It's basically just a tablet monitor, yeah. so a computer screen that you can draw directly onto,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is much easier to use than um, a separate tablet where you, you would be drawing flat down on your desk and looking at the results up on your computer screen. Right. This yeah. is sort of an all in one deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Jack Hawksmore more on the Cintiq and hit all my deadlines and thought this is amazing I can never go back now <laughs> <laughs> why would I want to work slower if I can work <laughs> So like,
0: your, like, your, like your, your, your gateway drug is like oh, <laughs> exactly. I'm hooked now
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was already really familiar with Photoshop because I, I'd been coloring in it for years mm. so it was um, it was pretty effortless to transition into inking in Photoshop as well um, and I've, I've just sort of been trying to refine the process over the years. Okay. Um, like, I recently switched to a different program for inking, Manga Studio, mm-hmm. which I think has kind of improved my line quality a bit. So I'm still playing with the process and trying to figure out the best way to do things. Okay. Just trying new things.
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, Fiona, having you have an art rep, Essential Sequential, uh, Jason. We're familiar with Jason and, and friendly with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he would love to sell more originals f- for you. Does he ever like gr- <laughs> grind his teeth at the fact that you work the way that you do as opposed to, <laughs> to traditionally?
2: Yeah. Well, he knew that when he signed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've basically just been producing a lot of prints. Um, okay. We've been selling prints of the various saga covers, which do really well.
3: Okay. And, okay.
2: uh I made a little sketchbook. I'm working on a second sketchbook to release right now. Okay. So we have something on the table at cons at least. <laughs> More than I had before I signed up with essential
0: sequential. Okay. All right. No, no, I figured you yeah, he, obviously he knew what he was getting into when he signed. you. was like you knew the job yeah. was dangerous when you took it, Fred. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh
2: he'd <laughs> love for me to have originals though, for yeah. sure. I keep promising that in my spare time I'll I'll do some originals for him to sell, but you know.
0: See, I was, <laughs> and that's what I was curious. I didn't know if maybe you, if if you ever have an opportunity to set aside some time to do commissions, so that you can do some, you know, some traditional stuff.
2: Um, I experimented with taking commissions about a year ago, and it didn't go very well,
3: okay. <laughs> to be <Okay>. honest. <laughs> okay. It took
2: me forever to finish them, and I just hated every second of it. I was like, "This is supposed to be my off time," and I'm just.
1: Trying another thing that I don't even want to try to begin with. Nah. I could be playing video
3: games right now. Okay. <laughs> 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 I
1: appreciate your candor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jason. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and, and that was something that I wanted to ask about Fiona, just in terms of when I look through um, you. A gallery of your work on comic art fans, where you know fans submit like pieces they've gotten from you, they're almost all saga characters, and I think that that mm-hmm. has to be really satisfying that you know there's a couple of like you know it's a Superman piece and so forth, but being all saga characters, that's got to be satisfying to have people request you know you do those characters as opposed to like just a mm-hmm. Superman or a Batman or whatever It's stuff that Definitely. you have created you know, yeah, and
2: um, I feel like most of them are asking for drawings because they're actually fans of the book. Cause, yeah. um I don't do great sketches at conventions. <laughs> I just do really quick little ones. Right. Because um, I think of them more as souvenirs than as works of art. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> they're just a little keepsake that people can take home yeah. and be like, yeah, I met the artist of the book that I like. So, um, yeah, it's really gratifying to see people becoming attached to these characters yeah. and, you know, being... Being known for something specific, I guess.
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you get to do a lot of cons and a lot of signings and whatnot uh, with your work schedule and being as busy as you are? Do you get to squeeze some of that stuff in?
2: Um, A few. I do maybe like three or four shows a year. Okay. And one or two store signings, but usually just local ones.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. I kind of figured, yeah, you'd have to keep it close to the home front as far as the signings are concerned. Have you yeah. um, have you had a chance to go to, uh, to Comic-Con?
2: Yeah. Um, actually, I used to go every year okay. for like six or seven years straight. Then stopped once I started Saga. <laughs> but I'll be going back. I'll be going back this year, actually. Okay. A, after a little break from San Diego.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. That's probably going to be pretty interesting then.
2: Well, you've had. Well, I think it'll be really fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> I kind of miss it.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. You've had a good reason to go in the past few years. Those Eisners, those Harvey's. You know. So I mean. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Well, years ago I just go every year
2: because um. I felt like people would forget about me, and I would I would stop getting work if I didn't go to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would go to you know network and stuff and hang out with friends. Okay. but yeah, the last few years I've just been too busy. But you know, going to make time this summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To see what's changed.
0: Yeah, Fiona, when 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 controversies and things pop up like the cover with uh with Atlanta breastfeeding the baby, or mm-hmm. you know the the thing with comiXology and uh, and that whole thing, when snafus like that happen. Do you, does it stop you in the process of doing the work where you, you know, you see all of a sudden the internet is ablaze with, oh, saga this and saga that, or do you kind of stop, look, and then put your nose right back to the grindstone yeah. and get back and get back on it?
2: <laughs> um, I guess it makes me slightly second-guess myself and um, sort of reassess the choices that we made, mm-hmm. but... It's never made me regret anything that we've done okay you know i put I put some fun into <laughs> you know the kind of material that we put out, but you know Bran and I both stand by the book and mm-hmm. you know the decisions that we made with it
0: yeah so. as well as, we, as well you should it's 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 a good story um yeah. Brian has has gone on record as not being interested or saying that he's not really interested in Saga going to other mediums like TV and film. Mm. And he obviously has a background uh working in television. He he wrote uh you know several episodes of the uh, show Lost, but mm-hmm. if Saga did get picked up and go into something else, obviously that would be a boon for you career-wise. Now have you and he Talked about that aspect of things, and you know, do, would you have any regrets if you all got approached for something and he was like, "Ah, let's not do it," and you'd be like, "Well, you know."
2: Mm-hmm. We've talked about it a little bit, not too seriously, because mm-hmm. um, we've had a few offers, but they haven't been good offers. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know. We we've kind of agreed that if someone approaches us who is actually prepared to see it through and actually get it made, then we would consider it. Mm-hmm. But you know um it can't be someone that just wants to stick a flag on the property they have to they they would have to have a director attached or something okay. or something to show that they're serious about getting it made and i honestly don't see how it could be made into a tv series or a movie mm. um especially now because the story is really only just beginning like it's so incomplete um
0: mm-hmm.
2: i don't see how it could be a, a satisfying movie or anything like that
0: well, that has never stopped Hollywood feeling staples.
2: That's okay. <laughs> true. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> but I think Brian and I are, are um, so happy with how the book is doing. Like, it's doing so much better than either of us expected mm-hmm. that we don't want to push our luck too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're quite happy to just just have the comic.
0: You know, its it's funny because a guy like him and and rucka and there are a few other people um maybe mark guggenheim maybe but uh you know some writers who have have done things outside of comics who write a lot of comics you know i really appreciate the idea that and and i don't know what brian's motivations are i just simply respect the idea that he wants to make a good comic because we've had Mm -hmm. so many posers and so many uh carpetbaggers who have come into comics to try to take advantage of the medium and to use it as a place you know to create like a uh like a pitch
2: and it's always very transparent.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it usually sucks. It usually sucks yeah. and it's usually not very impressive and, you know, I've been reading comics for a long time, Adrian has as well. Um, you know, I like this medium. I like what stories can be told with comics. I like the fact that your book is a very very popular book and it's a science fiction book. It's not necessarily capes and ca- capes and tights. Um, mm-hmm. there was a time when there was a, you know, a little more crime fiction and a little more noirish kind of stuff going on and um, so it's good to see other genres in comics be explored, and, um, you know, and then you mentioned, you know, something near and dear to my heart, you know, weird science and stuff, uh, Wally, the stuff Wally yeah. Wood and all them would do back in, you know, in the 50s with EC, so, I mean, that's a good thing, but I'm, I'm glad that you guys are, are, you know, thoroughly, thoroughly invested in making a good comic book, uh, because... Yeah, very
2: much so. Yeah. Um, that's always, all that we set out to do, really, and, um... There's so much freedom in our medium to do whatever we want.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, without a, a budget to worry about or anything like that. There's really no constraints. Um, and I think there's there's storytelling devices and a certain type of pacing that you can only achieve in monthly comics.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And you can um, you can read it at your own pace as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. And I have people spoil it on Twitter or something the next day.
0: Ooh, yeah. you of Saga? Oh, snap! Shh. You hear
3: about Prince Robot? Oh, my
2: God! <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's a, one of my favorite things about doing Saga is that it's an ongoing monthly series, which I've never done before. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool having all the people um, reading it monthly, just having the story sort of unfold in real time Mm -hmm. and hearing people talk about it and discuss it with their friends um, right into the letter column. I love having a letter column. (laughs) 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 this, uh, This ongoing shared experience that you can't really have in very many other mediums
1: yeah
3: definitely yeah.
0: yeah yeah i didn't i didn't realize that there was a letter That's column. because i have the saying. i have the collection i don't uh-huh. have the uh, the individual oh, okay. issues <laughs> oh, wow.
2: you're missing out because the, <laughs> the letter column is sometimes more hilarious and more heart-rending than the comic itself <laughs> 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 i'm telling you the issue 18 letter column made me cry
0: <laughs> oh really <laughs> like <Wow>. twice
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a real tearjerker that one
0: Wow. In the sense of, of people responding and and being moved by the story, or in, in the sense of people being critical, yeah,
2: and just sharing their own stories, like from their lives that are sort of tangentially related to saga.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, okay, yeah. 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 That, I mean, that, that's similar to what happened with the Max. I mean, the Max used to have a really deep letters column when it was running. Like uh, were, Sam, Sam, Sam Kisa. yeah, okay. people okay. Were writing very personal stuff that related to something they read in the story that was like. I went through something Mm -hmm. similar in real life, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think we're getting a lot of that because we have a very relatable story and a story about families and babies. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah,
2: Yeah. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. we get all kinds of stories in the letters. Really fun to read.
0: Hmm. I think that was one of the things, um, other than hearing people talk about it and seeing, you know, seeing the covers and really liking your artwork, uh, reading about the about the story and the fact that it's it's sci-fi and it's you know it's got elements of Star Wars and other things in it, you know similar to Star Wars and other things in it, but it really is subterfuge you know in in the sense of telling a story about you know young parents and the sacrifices mm-hmm. that they have to make for uh you know for their new family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and I kind of related to that having a daughter and you know so I don't know I thought it was kind of yeah. it's it kind of a, a cool approach. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, Brian's always said that he wanted to tell a story about parenthood, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, didn't want it to be excruciatingly boring. <laughs> so,
0: right. yeah. set it in the
2: space, yeah, know, with yeah. rocket ships and lasers and
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Not to get too much in your business, Fiona, although I am. Go <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, terminology because, you know, Image is known for, you know, creator-owned properties and creator own often suggests one thing to us as readers but it may mean something else to you as a professional when you and another professional creator are trying to work on splits in terms of you know who's going to get what and who owns what portion of the property and I was just wondering mm-hmm. if you could maybe sort of speak generally about that subject and, and what might be realistic to expect, uh, you know, when working out things with an established writer, you know, because when you you got with Brian, you were an up-and-comer, but he, you know, he had worked in television, right. he had written Why, yeah. the, Why the Last Man, and he was still in the throes, I think, of Ex Machina at the time, too, so... hmm yeah.
2: Um, well, I don't know what's realistic to expect, but Brian offered me 50% right off the bat. Okay. <laughs> so that's our deal with Saga. Okay. Um... Yeah, he just offered me up front just to share the entire thing half and half. Oh, that's was, good. That's
0: great. You know, really great of them. Very, very generous.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree that the creator with the bigger name recognition or whatever deserves more ownership of something that you create with someone else, um, especially if it's something that you created together, like. Um, from the very beginning, like something that you conceived of together and developed together, mm-hmm. um, I really feel like it's both of yours. Oh, well, definitely, um, I, but this will this will definitely differ from person to person. So I would right. never tell anyone else <laughs> what kind of deals you expect or what to demand.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting because I know in recent years, you know, there's been a whole kerfuffle with uh, Kirkman and Tony Moore in regards to their, you know, kind of participation with The Walking Dead and, you know, other things like that, you know, where Mm -hmm. you agree to one thing, you know when you're first doing a book, it's almost a handshake. Like, hey, we're doing this together, but say one of you, you know, blows up, you know, the other one is still kind of, you know, coming up in the ranks, but there's kind of like that differential there, you know, so to have like an agreement, you know, 50-50 like that, I mean, that's really something that's really uh, generous and kind of special because it doesn't happen a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah, I feel like that sort of general
2: feeling of Equality that we have has <laughs> yeah. strengthened us as a team, like yeah. as collaborators. I know. I mean, I've been lucky to work with a lot of great writers, and a lot of them have become good friends. So, yeah, this is no reflection on anyone else I have worked with in the past. But I feel like Brendan and my collaboration on Saga is—I uh, don't know—it's um—it's really strong, and I feel like we trust each other a lot,
3: mm-hmm. which is important. Sure.
0: Well, I mean it is, again it is very very generous uh you know that he's like hey you know I, I want you fully invested in, and I want you to share in the profits you know whatever they may be big or small uh in, in this in this thing and and like what uh, Adrian was saying you know there there have been other situations where it has gone a different way but I always make music analogies on this show and um if you look at some of the most successful bands in the world U2 the Beatles, the Beatles. Well, not the Beatles. They would, they would oh, fall. Not they're not gonna fall into this category. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as a matter of fact, it was probably part of the root of their problems. But you look at like U two, and you look at uh, a band like Coldplay, and they split everything four ways. Uh, yeah, I think
2: that's excellent.
0: Yeah, and, and um, what it what it does is it, it keeps everybody invested. It keeps everybody taken care of. And you see bands like that. I mean, U two's been around for thirty years now. Mm-hmm. you know uh and there are other bands where okay if there is a principal songwriter or two principal songwriters and the others are getting you know a pittance you know then all of a sudden people start looking for other things to do but um <laughs> d-
1: d- d- the police
2: <coughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think if that's the case then if if you're getting a smaller share for whatever reason you start feeling like a like a partner and you start feeling more like an employee
0: mm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and, and, and let's, let's just be honest, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples is doing tree jobs. You're only doing one job.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> I do spend more hours than you do. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> um, but,
2: yeah, I, I realized it was uh, exceptionally generous for, for Brian to offer me 50% right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I think that should kind of be the norm. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially at this point, you know. So yeah, I I would definitely agree. Um, let me ask you about your about your cover assignments because your covers are gorgeous. Uh, oh, thank you. I, you're very welcome. I have a file on my computer uh, with many of them. Don't tell anybody. You, you just know. did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, like like with Saga, uh, I like the fact that you get to work on on that and do sci fi stuff, and then you work on other books too. So you get to work in all genres: superhero, sci-fi. There's some action, horror stuff with uh, like Thirty mm-hmm. Days of Night and uh, and criminal macabre, and even like kind of humor stuff, like the you know the stuff you do with uh, the variants for Archie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But does the, does playing musical chairs with these genres give you a break creatively? Like you said, even if you get bored, you can say, "Oh, now I can draw mm-hmm. something fun or something goofy or something, you know, <laughs> whatever." You know, it does.
2: Yeah, um, I just want to try everything, you know comics are a beautiful buffet of that I want to sample from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's lots of characters that I've always liked or that I want to play with, like Archie, obviously, or um, Red Sonia. She's one that I've always loved, and okay. it was a huge treat to get to see that cover. Mm-hmm. It was fun to do a short, one-off, like, no-commitment <laughs> cover job.
0: <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Um, the um, There was one I saw, what was it? Um, it might have been a, a deviate or something. It was a woman's face mm-hmm. over a fire, and the people were dancing around the fire, and it was a huge. Oh,
2: I think that was for Madame X for Vertigo.
0: Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that one. I liked the lighting that you, that you did on it, and I was, you know, and, and you, it just you, you get the impression that there's just certain things that you're not going to be able to do or won't necessarily get to do with Saga that you do get to do with other things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then maybe bring some of those, you know, some of those the things you learned from those other projects back to uh, to Saga when you yeah. get back to it. So,
2: yeah, it's good just to stretch different muscles once in
0: a while. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. The last question before we let you go, uh, Fiona, is Adrian mentioned about the awards that you won? A uh, bunch of Eisners and yeah. uh, and Harvey Awards, and even before that, I think some Schuster Awards. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's got to be pretty nice, you know, to be recognized by your peers and and to have. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did you, uh, when you first started winning awards, were you thinking, "What the heck"? And then, you know, afterwards, are you thinking, "Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa." <laughs> yeah, a
2: little bit. Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming, but I don't know. You can't let it go to your head too much because then you might start to slack off.
3: <laughs>
2: but yeah, it's definitely a huge honor, you know, being recognized this way, um, especially something like the Harvey's that are just voted on by. You know, other comics creators. Yeah, yeah. Very rewarding
0: for sure. Go ahead, Adrian. I'm sorry.
1: I was going to ask. I've always wondered. I've heard other anecdotes about the Eisners that you know it's kind of like you sitting there in the auditorium. The other you know candidates are probably there and they're you Mm -hmm. know going through everyone's names and you're just sitting there. You don't know if you've won or whoever. And then they (laughs) call your name out. What is that feeling like to win an Eisner and to walk on stage like? (laughs)
2: I don't know because I wasn't there. Oh, no. I, I, was, I was there one year, and um, I think two thousand nine when I didn't win. So oh. I know what it's like to not be called. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's not that great. <laughs> I would not recommend. <laughs>
0: oh, but after, you know it's funny you talk about uh, getting full of yourself. I'm sure after the uh, you know the the brouhaha with uh with the cover and 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 all of that you know when you when you you know because there's just as many people who who love the book i'm sure that you have your you know some detractors and some haters out there yeah Totally, so
2: but I, I
1: don't go looking for that stuff. Of course, yeah, of right. course. I
0: ignore it. Of course. But see, when you when you win Eisner's and Harvey's and stuff, I'm sure you're like, you know, I'll hang your face, motherfucker, now. Yeah, B-Boy <laughs> oh. Staples, S-T-A-P-E-L-S. That's how you spell a name, <laughs> <laughs> partner. <laughs> yes, yeah, I will have some
2: ammunition if those people are very come out of the
0: shadows. I'm <laughs> <laughs> confront me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess, sure, it always pays to, to be humble, but uh, yeah. but, uh uh, but it is nice, and I mean, you, again, you're you know, you're much more on the front of, you, of your career than than the middle and the end. So, yeah. to have these kinds of uh, hopefully, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> she's like, I hope. <laughs>